Hello everybody. Now today's live I'm talking about how a narcissist exploits illness. Now the first thing to say is that it doesn't have to be their illness, it could be somebody else's illness. Somebody that's fairly close to them is the best for them. Now when anybody's ill, when anybody's seriously ill, the stress levels generally of those close to them is much higher. Now this means that the ability for the, uh, the narcissist to cause maximum drama is at its absolute highest. And this is why the narcissist absolutely thrives in this situation and they exploit it entirely for their own gain. The drama that they cause makes them feel alive. They need it to feel alive. It's absolutely essential for them. It's, it's what keeps them going. Um, just as much as a normal person wants to feel loved and connected and comforted and cared about, the narcissist has to be getting attention from other people to make them feel that they exist, that they're real, because they don't have a heart, they don't have love, they don't have love for themselves, they don't have love for anybody else. So they've got to be getting attention from other people because then that reassures them that they exist. So what they'll often do is if, if it's not them that's ill, what they'll often do is they'll bring the focus away from the ill person back to them. So they'll cause some sort of drama, you know, outside of that actually ill person um, so that the, the attention is not focused on the person that's ill, but the f attention is, is distracted because they can't bear when anybody else is the centre of attention. Now, my father did this once when um, my grandmother was seriously ill in hospital. She was in hospital for, for a very long time. And unfortunately, she died in hospital um, at this, this time. And so there were an awful lot of trips to and back from the hospital. My mother's whole family were involved and she had uh, five siblings, five siblings, I think. And so the whole, it was a lot of people involved. It was all my cousins and everything involved. And it was a really long eat out. It was a terrible, terrible thing. And what my father did was, and I'm not sure if this is true to this day, is um, my mum went to visit my grandmother in the hospital and we went shopping or just wandered around the town to give us something to do. And my father, we were in a car park in Plymouth, and my father suddenly clutched his chest and said he was having a heart attack whilst my, my brother and I stood there. Now, I was 14, so that would have made my brother 12, and we didn't know what to do. He didn't want us to call an ambulance. He didn't... He didn't keel over he just was still able to to have a conversation with us and to be able to tell us what was going on he told us he knew he said he was having a heart attack and now looking back there's so many um indications that this this might have been entirely faked on his part I can't you know I think sometimes you can have a milder heart attack but I don't know that you're aware that that's what's happening and you certainly wouldn't not want to have an ambulance and you probably really wouldn't want to scare your 14-year-old daughter and your 12-year-old son in uh, in the multi-storey car park by saying that you've had a heart attack. But now I look back and I think, well, you're having a heart attack. You know, we were witnessing it. Um, now I look back and I think, 
the, the whole circumstance was really strange. And I think there's a reason for that. And maybe he had some pain or indigestion or something. Or maybe he was having a very mild heart attack. Or potentially he was completely faking it because my grandmother was getting all the attention in hospital and he wanted to have some. He couldn't, he couldn't bear that somebody else was having all the attention in hospital. Now, my grandmother was in a coma. She wasn't actually, you know, she wasn't aware that she was getting attention, but obviously she was deserving of it. She was in a coma. She was going through a really long and terrible illness, which ultimately resulted in um, life support machines being turned off. So it was, you know, huge drama. And I just think that now that, that perhaps my father faked that whole incident so that instead of us thinking about our poor dying grandmother in the hospital, we were thinking, oh, my goodness, grandmother's dying. But oh, my goodness, dad's here having a heart attack in front of us. So I'm just being a bit, you know. Um, now, the other thing is that so so that's one thing when other people are ill, they'll be drawing the attention away from them. But when they're ill, they will make the maximum out of it. Now, first of all, even before they may be really ill, they may lead you to believe that they're having tests or they may imply that something's wrong for a very long time before they are actually ill. And this is to keep you concerned about them, keep them, keep you worried about them, make sure. So you're you're showing all the time that you care. Now, I remember for a very, very long time, my mother and from a, from a very young child, my mother would imply that my father was ill in some way. And her kind of thing was that he had um, depression and, and, and he had kind of mental illness. Now, that may well have been the case, but I was never told that. She would just imply things. So she would say things like, I'm concerned about your father's state of mind. Well, I mean, what does that mean? I mean, what does that mean? And, I, and as an adult, I did ask her and it resulted in a huge row. I mean, I don't quite know why, but... Um, but there was always this, and I, I remember having lots of discussions with my husband after I'd seen my parents and saying, there's something not right here. There's some, there's like there's something they're not telling us because they would kind of drop these little hints, you know, like your dad would say, oh, I'm going to the doctors on this week. And I would say, oh, why is that? And he'd just say, oh, it's just routine. But it was just a way of making me worry about him so that I would make more effort to spend time with him. And therefore I was, um, I was, I could be his victim. I could, he could, he could use that opportunity to abuse me further. Now, so, so they, first of all, will imply or hint that there's something wrong. And then of course, there's the times when they are seriously ill, when they entirely exploit it for their own advantages. And anything, you know, if something is wrong, don't expect to get the full story. So it could well be that, um, there's something wrong that could be something serious. And instead of just telling you, oh, there could be something wrong that could be something serious or telling you after they got test results back, they will blow it out of all proportion. So um, having a test to screen for cancer just to um, a precautionary thing to make sure that it isn't will become I'm having a test for cancer because they want the maximum attention from you. And when they're ill, they can thoroughly exploit that to make you feel guilty and to keep you close to them. Now, they get a real huge kick out of knowing that other people care about them. So the more that you do whilst they are ill, the more caring you are, the more time you spend with them. They're getting a kick out of that because they can see how much you care and they don't care. So say they feel superior because they are all running around and looking after them, making sure they're OK. And they and they don't care. They're, they're not concerned about you one bit. 
And they're not concerned about being truthful with you. They're not concerned about involving you with it to an appropriate level. They just care about getting the maximum drama out of it. Now, the other thing is they they get a huge ego boost out of knowing that others care about them. So if they're ill and all of a sudden people start rallying around and, you know, neighbours are making meals for them and, you know, people are turning up with flowers and all this, they love, they love seeing that other people care about them because it's a huge ego boost. Because again, they go, oh, look at all you care about me and I don't give a crap about you. Now, the scapegoat's role here is the scapegoat's role as it normally is. The scapegoat will be blamed, will be... Um, all their anger will be vented out if they are seriously ill and they're scared. And they will also be expected to drop their entire life in order to serve their narcissistic parent. Because I believe that's why narcissists have children. They have children so that they can have a lifetime of on tap attention and whatever they want. They don't care if their child has got uh, a husband or wife, a partner, or children, or a job, or friends, or any other responsibilities. They just think that their child is there to serve them. So their sense of entitlement increases as they as they become ill or when they're ill, because it doesn't even occur to them that you have an outside life. They want you to take them to the doctors and they click their fingers and they say, off we go. And they don't even doesn't even enter their mind that you might have something else to do. Now, sometimes they will actually sabotage their own health. So they will neglect their health. Their doctor might have told them that they need to pay attention. Perhaps they're um, pre-diabetic or there's something that they need to do. And they need to stop smoking or something. But they, they could actually sabotage their own health because they've got to be right. That's how much they have to be right is that they will sabotage their own health in order to be right, even though they're the ones that get ill. And they know ultimately or they think, ultimately, that the scapegoat will be there to sweep up the pieces. And of course, it will be free. You won't get paid for it. You won't get paid if you've got to take time off work. None of it. They don't. It's not that. You are there to serve them. Simple as that. They will also ignore health professionals who will tell them to take this medication or to go on this exercise regime or to stop drinking or anything else because they know best. Now, my father was diagnosed as diabetic probably 20 years ago now. Now, as soon as before he was diagnosed as diabetic, his, his diet was OK, wasn't too bad. As soon as he was diagnosed diabetic, he ate more sweets and he made, ate more sugary things than he ever did previously. So this is how screwed up their mind is. They have to be right. They can't be told by anybody. They, their desire to win and be right is so great that they will compromise their own health to do it. So my father was putting himself in a really risky position because in, in the increase of his sugar, I mean, I never see him eat, eat sweets as much as he did after he was diagnosed as diabetic. And if my mum said, oh, he shouldn't have them. Oh, oh, I make my own decisions. I'm an adult. Oh, OK, that's fine. That's your choice. But that's what they do. They will neglect and they won't take the medications. And then and then, of course, it's up to the scapegoat to pick up the pieces afterwards. So if they if they have a, a fit or if they ha have a fall or if they're ill, you know, more seriously ill because they're not taking the medication, they go, sorry, it doesn't matter. I'm right. The doctor doesn't know anything and the scapegoat's going to pick up the pieces after me anyway. So it's OK. Now, this is the time if, if you're the scapegoat and your parent, one of your parents is ill, this is the time when you have no boundaries. They won't care about your life external to them. 
They won't care that you have other responsibilities. And what they'll do is they will exploit this to their maximum capacity. They will expect you to be there 100% for them whenever they want you to be there. Okay. And if you're not there for them, they will set about a smear campaign against you. So if you take them to 10 doctor's appointments and you can't on the 11th because one of your kids is ill and has got to go and have, an, have a hospital appointment, they will tell everybody who will be willing to listen what a bad son or daughter you are and how much you don't care because you missed that one appointment. They won't tell anybody that you did the 10 appointments beforehand and they won't tell them why you missed the 11th appointment. All they'll do is they'll just tell everybody or they won't tell them what a bad son or daughter they are. They just say, oh, no, I know she just she couldn't take me to the doctor. So I had to walk or I had to take the taxi. And then they'll just let everybody else fill in the blanks themselves, which is, oh, dear, that person is a bad son or daughter. That's what they do. So they use it for their own smear campaign. And really, quite frankly, you can't win because they will want they will expect you to serve them and that their sense of entitlement increases and their anger and their their what's the word? Their bitterness is astronomical. If they're seriously ill and potentially facing a demise, they get really bad. So, and because you're there and you have to look after them, so you go around and you're cooking for them or something, you're there then in the, the area trapped with them for that time. They can then just unleash all their bile and venom and vileness upon you. And you're expected to take it and you're expected to take it and then be there the next time to serve them in whatever they want to be served. So the, this is the time when boundaries are going to be really important. And this is the time when you this is not realistic expectations of a parent. OK, now a normal parent would not expect their children to pick up after them. A normal parent would not expect their children to look after them when they're ill. A normal parent would say, I'm not very well. Uh, let's look at uh, nurses or finding a different way so that I can be looked after where I'm not relying on family members. And for me personally, that's the biggest indicator of a narcissist is that their children feel an obligation to look after them when they're ill. But they have no obligation to look after them. Some kids with normal parents will want to look after their parents and their parents will appreciate it. That's the real that's the real chemistry that should go on between um, parents is. You know, the, the, the child wants to or can occasionally do something in fitting around their own work, go and see them at the weekends and what have you. And the parents delighted to see them and appreciates the fact that they've they've seen them. Now, the other thing is that if you're if you're no contact, sometimes an illness of the narcissist or somebody in the family can be used to reel you back in. Now, I speak about this because this was my experience. I was no contact with my father and low contact with my mother. Um, really, because I was still trying to have a relationship with her. And this was before I knew about narcissistic personality disorder. And then one day out of the blue, my mother phoned me. And this was after four months of complete silence from my dad and only the occasional, probably fortnightly text message to my mum. She phoned me and she said, I don't want this to change your decision about your no contact with your father, but I'm going to have a test for breast cancer. And that was it. I was back in. I dropped everything. I spoke to her. I hung up the phone. And I said to my husband, I have to go back to England tomorrow. So I got a flight the next day. And my father 
used the whole situation to his own advantage. He had me back then and he had me trapped because he had me with no car, staying with them and me with my young son. So I couldn't just up and go. I you know, had other responsibilities and he absolutely used it to his advantage. And the other thing is my, my father had a triple heart bypass when I was 20. And the whole circumstance, he had to go up to London. He was in hospital, a local hospital first, and then he had to go up to London to have the triple heart bypass. And the whole situation was so maximised for the, for the for drama. He was, you know, kind of, you know, I might not make it through this operation and really milking the attention that he was getting, not just from, uh, you know, his kids and his wife, but also his extended family. He was making the most of it. And that was the time when I had a panic attack. And the only time I've ever had a panic attack. And that was because instead of my my father and my mother, as she wasn't the one having the operation, minimising the drama for their children. I, I was 20 and my brother was 18. And making it so that they shouldered a lot of the responsibility. They put it all onto us and made the situation a hundred times worse than it needed to be for us because they just, my dad just loved the attention that he was getting. So that's my, um, that's my life for today. Because the, the other thing I'd like to talk about is that really sometimes you have little choice, but then to consider going no contact when you're, when your narcissistic parent is ill, because, because your life will be utterly subservient to them and they won't care about your physical or mental health whilst you're trying to help them. They will just, they, all they care about is they getting, they're getting what they want. So this may be the time when you have to consider going no contact and then dealing with the guilt that, that you, that, that you will inevitably have from, from going no contact at this time, but also the guilt that other people will, will put on you. But guilt is such a huge part of being a child of a narcissist. And it's just something that you have to work through. And it's, it's not normal for a normal parent to put that level of guilt on you. So if you are feeling guilty, about your parent being ill and that you you can't cope with looking after them and they're being vile and they won't turn up to appointments and they're not looking after their health then to me that says you've got an abusive parent and this is the time it doesn't matter the, the your priority has to be you now they're an adult they're capable of sorting out their own care in most of the countries of the world there is a system that's set up to look after people that don't have other people to look after them so there'll be nurses that can do home visits or whatever the situation is there's a way to get around it and and it's up to your parent to sort that out for themselves they are not your responsibility they may make you feel that they're your responsibility but they are not your responsibility so i really hope this helps and i'll see you again next week for another life Bye.